and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I am Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery. Welcome to episode 240. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> it is a lot of episodes. Someone sent me an email during the week asking about something that I had said or recommended in one of our first ever episodes, and I realized that I just had virtually no recollection of that at all because it's like three years ago. And we've done a lot of talking it's since. a lot of talking. A lot of, lot of talking, a lot of listening. So anyone who's listened to all of them, thank you for hanging in there with us and listening to our knowledge nugs whenever they come. Yes, knowledge nugs. Brought it back. Now, today's episode's all about a wrap-up of our May creativity experiment. So we're going to go through what we've learned, I guess, what mm-hmm. we've felt during the, yeah. during the month, uh, whether that's changed. And also share some research which you've kindly looked at that is a bit eye-opening, really. It's actually really fascinating and purposefully held off on the research aspect of this experiment until now because I know that people had a certain heaviness coming in. Well, not people. I had a certain heaviness coming into this experiment because it felt more like an expectation or a not a chore or a to-do, but it there were more expectations attached to this idea of creativity than there were to time in nature for me. So I would have felt like if I was pushing out the research from day one, it might have felt even more enormous or insurmountable. uh, or unmanageable. Yeah, or like imperfect. And it it would like hampen the creativity. Yeah. Because, yeah, there was a bit, it's a bit heavy in terms of it's a lot harder than just going out, you know, going in the, Great outdoors. There's, yeah. So for me, I found that there's been a lot more head work involved in a this. Self-discovery. Month. A lot of self-discovery uh, and kind of questioning the stories we tell ourselves and the way we do things and why we think we do things. Wow. We're getting deep. Yeah. We are. <gasps> awesome. All right. All this and not much more on today's <laughs> Slow Home Podcast. was the last week for you what did you do did you change it up in terms of your creativity I, I followed on from what we spoke about last week actually in terms of playfulness and letting go of perfection or even being good and I know I mentioned briefly last week that that had taken the form of me telling a story to our kids at night chapter by chapter and that's what I've been doing every night and it's it's, it's a weird thing to do it's so weird. As a perfectionist, as someone who – so this idea for a story has been in my head for a long time, for months, and I've been taking notes and kind of doing a little bit of world building and whatever, but I'd found it very difficult to sit down and actually start the story because of all the advice that I'd read about how to write a novel or how to do this or how to do that, I was afraid of starting wrong. So I decided to take a page out of Tolkien's book because, you know, we're peers, Mm. Mm -hmm. and just tell a story to my kids at night. And it's like it's fun and it's challenging and it's really challenging my idea of being good at something. It's like practising in public. Thankfully the kids are a pretty good audience. Yeah, so it's been 
Fantastic. And, you know, the, the surprising benefit to doing that is that I have now started to be able to pull the threads together of this story that I wanted to tell in a way that I know kind of works. Let, so, me, let me just paint a picture. This is what okay. happens. So we say goodnight to the kids and the kids go, can we get continue the story? I'm not going to give too much away, but can we continue the story, mum? And so some nights you're like, oh, oh, this is the last thing I want to do. I have no... I've got nothing. Nothing. Like there's head. nothing like, you're there. like, what did I actually get up to last night? Or I'm always asking the kids, yeah. where did I finish last night? Yeah. So that's, you know, like it forces you to create, which mm-hmm. is sort of a weird the cuff, thing yeah. for you, I think. Like it's just not natural. No. It's not natural for anyone. But you're creating this story. And then some nights you come down after telling the kids, you know, saying goodnight and all the rest of it, you come down and you type for for two hours. <laughs> like you, you're typing. You're like, that was so good. I... I I had a great idea and it's sort of Met like this, this new character. Yeah, it's like this focus group in real time. <laughs> Basically. It's like, uh, yeah, writing a story by committee and that committee is of two kids who are yeah, seven and nine. Exactly. It has been really wonderful and I, I don't, it sounds silly, I feel kind of freer and less worried that like the next word is going to be the wrong word and because yeah. that, that, that's how I write. Yes. When I write, when I, on, on my computer, when I write. You feel like you're writing the final draft. I do, and I'm yeah. constantly editing myself as I go, which is why this whole experiment has been wonderful in just reconfirming to me why it's okay and possibly better for me, almost definitely better for me, to write longhand with pen and paper first. Because as we said last week or the week before, some people's brains are not wired to be able to create fluidly and type at the same time. Whereas I feel like my brain works differently when I write by hand. So this has been like another extension of that. Mm. I, I haven't been able to edit myself or censor myself because the kids will be like, mum, are they just going to laugh at each other for the next three pages? Yeah. Because I'm like, and they laughed and laughed. Meanwhile, thinking madly about what the next thing would be. And they laughed and laughed. And then he fell over and they laughed and laughed. And our daughter's Started like. Started choking. Yeah. And laughed and laughed. Our daughter's like, are they just going to laugh at each other for like the rest of the chapter? Oh my God. Like, um, no. Uh, but they did laugh a little bit more. <laughs> and then this happened. So I think that's just been like amazing that you could do like beginning of the month. Could you imagine yourself nope. doing that? No. So it's Mm-mm. just. Creativity breeds creativity. Well, you know what? I think that that's actually absolutely the case. Uh, what about you? What's your week been like? Really interesting. But before we get on, you know when you said Tolkien? Yeah. Is that how he wrote I'm, Narnia? I'm, he didn't write Narnia. That no, was sorry. It's Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. I meant Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. So it's one. I'm or 90% Hobbit. sure that it was Tolkien. Uh, I will fact check that and get back to you at some point. <laughs> you don't have to do that. It's either it's either C.S. Lewis or Tolkien, I'm okay. sure, All right. or Brooke McCallery. Yeah, I get them confused. My week, I've just continued to shoot a lot of video and do a lot of editing. We mm-hmm. did a lot of because we had my parents stay, and we did a lot of videoing while they were here, and because we did a lot of touristy things. Yeah, took a lot of photos. Took, took a lot of photos, yeah. a lot of video. So I created like family keepsake type, you know, video montages. Yeah, so it's been very private. Like My creativity has been very private Mm. the last week. Uh, We took the kids riding their bikes. They, like, finally learned how to ride Mm -hmm. their bikes, which was beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. So I did a video on that. What I'm really wanting to do is do, like, a Rick because we're – 
we're leaving the the bosom of the Rocky Mountains. You know, it's that's what it feels like. It's you know we're surrounded by these beautiful mountains and have been here for since yeah. end of Jan Feb. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is create some sort of video that represents the entire time that goes through the seasons. Okay. So that's that's what I'm like working towards. That's a big task. Well, I'll make it big because I want it to be good. So I, that's that's what I'm thinking about now. I'm planning that out yeah. and thinking about what that looks like. And then, you know, what's really hard is then who wants to watch it? Do you know what I mean? Like who, is it just for us or do I put it out there on like YouTube or something like that? That's That's scary to me, like putting it out on YouTube. Why? And having that. Oh, like anyone can see it then, yeah. and it's there forever. Yes. Uh, I I agree with you, but it is it is interesting to see you work through that. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, you've been doing a lot of family videos which haven't been shared publicly on purpose. Mm. Well, anyway, I'll be interested to see what you end up doing with that. Just before you move on, I'm going to get a get tattoo today too. You are? Yeah. So it's going to be like this wrap-up of the creativity experiment by getting a piece of art on me. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. cool. <laughs> that's a very cool way to put like a bow on it. Yeah, exactly. There has been a shift in you this month in terms of your creative thinking, but uh, I mean, you you work creatively, you think creatively, even though you will tell someone you don't. Yeah. But just the other it day. It feels like I paint by numbers. To be perfectly yeah, honest with you. I know it does feel like that, but I think the way that you live, the way that you work, the way that you think is creative innately. I think that's most people, to be honest, even those people who say that they're not creative. But we were sitting in the park the other day and you got hit between the eyes with an idea for a short story. <laughs> and you've you've that yeah. you've very rarely You've never done, said that. Well no, you haven't yeah. really. Yeah. And it's just I just thought it was interesting that maybe your brain is working in slightly different ways mm. than it has previously been. I think you've so. given yourself space to think creatively and to think spontaneously and, you know, take two seemingly unrelated ideas and smush them together. Stephen King. Exactly. I am writing, I'm reading Stephen King on writing. You are, which is, that's been a game changer of a book for me, a life changing book for me. And I think that's probably having an impact on you. But anyway, I just thought it was. I haven't put pen to paper yet though. So that's all right. I've got the idea though. The two ideas. I just need. You to can like... just tell me a chapter at a time in bed. You know what I read last night about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. You know what I read last night from the on writing book mm. is that writing when you're doing it really well feels silky. Yes. Oh man, like you could so relate to that, couldn't you? Yeah. Like it's, it, it, I was like, whoa, yes, that's exactly how good writing feels when you're writing. It's just so silky. It just moves seamlessly, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. And it feels nice against the skin too. You're reading books all wrong. <laughs> so one of the other things I guess that is related to what you and I were just talking about but came to me as I was scrolling through the hashtag slow experiment um, posts on Instagram People are using creativity in lots of different ways, but one of the things that struck me is that people are using it as a gift, mm. as a like a, a generosity offering, you know. And the, the thing that made me realise that was a number of people have been cooking as their experiment outputs. Beautiful cakes and 
meals and, you know, people arranging flowers and uh, helping someone plant a garden. And they were all gifts. Mm. And I feel like that's a part of the creativity piece that I hadn't really considered before. And I think it's a really wonderful thing to to tap into. And I'm really grateful for the people who have been sharing their posts because it's really shifted and broadened my mindset of, of what creativity can be and what it can give to people, if anything. You I know. love that. Like yeah. the purpose of your creativity. For some people, it's the gift. Yes. Um, and I guess what is it what is it for you? Like when you create, what what's the purpose of the of it? Do you do it for other people? Do you do it for yourself? Or when you're doing it for other people? I mean, I guess what we're doing now is a form of creativity. It is, yeah. And it's a you know a gift to our listeners. Yeah, it's out. Like it's it's out, an outward but, facing. But we want. I mean, the purpose of this is we just want to help people. Yeah, I just want to share what we've we've learned. Yeah, exactly. In the hope that people pick up some of what we put down. The knowledge nugs. Exactly. Twice in one episode. So what about you? So what is it? What's the what's the purpose? I'm just not. I'm not talking about everything. I'm just talking about over the last month. Yeah. When you've been creating your book, your story, what's been the purpose behind it? Uh, I couldn't not. Yeah, nice. Like I couldn't not, and I I think that that's me in a nutshell in day to day life. I can't not create, even if it's just. Uh, you know, journal entry where I really do ramble and I let words do whatever they do as they come out of my hand onto the paper or a little sketch or dancing in the kitchen or looking at things from a different perspective. I can't not create. Right. So I didn't, and I'm kind of glad, I'm really glad actually that I didn't go into it with a particular purpose in mind because I think that would have felt like an expectation that I had to uphold. Mm. So well, the purpose was to create. Exactly. And to create That's as much it. as possible. Yeah. yeah, and to just see, to experiment, to play. Yeah, And I was reading about how to, for people who aren't creative or, or tell themselves they're not creative, a really good way of reframing that is to say that creativity is simply uh, curious experimentation, just playing around, playful mm. experimentation. Mm. What would happen if? Yeah. What would happen if I mix these two things together? Yeah, exactly. What would happen if I took a new route to work? What would happen if... I sat on the floor and read my book rather than sat on the lounge, you know, and mm. just different perspectives, different ways of viewing things. So it's, yeah, I think it's it's interesting that, that the idea of purpose still comes into it. You know, what was the purpose of cavemen drawing pictures? To on, entertain. Well, maybe, yeah. To inform. Yeah, to pass on stories, to mm. to share, to pass the time while they were stuck inside. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if cavemen got cabin fever. For me, it was creating memories. Like I wanted to make sure that we were capturing our experience while we've been overseas. Hmm. So that's that's what I've the pur- real purpose behind. Because I think about the age of our son particularly is, will he remember? This trip. This trip, this year. Some, some of it. So I want to, so my idea was just to, to have little splices yeah. of things that he might jog his memory That's storytelling. 20 years from now. That's storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, and archiving, I guess. and Yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. Hmm. So anyway, that's that's what I meant by purpose for me the last month. Right. Yeah. Well, my answer seems a little lacklustre, doesn't it? 
what are you going to do? So before we head into the research side of things, have you noticed any other benefits personally to this month's experiment? Anything that has surprised you? Anything that maybe you don't even necessarily think is related but has felt like a shift this month? I'm still too into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like there is, but I just don't know what it is because I feel like I'm still too close to it. I, I would love another month to go by and then see okay. whether we'll check in. I keep. I, I think I will, creating. and What about you? I have noticed a huge number of benefits that have been surprising actually and I've mentioned a couple of times my parenting approach has shifted and I feel like I've been more empathetic to to the kids and their their perspective and whatever it is that's bothering them or you know why they've reacted in a certain way and I think that... How is that related to your creativity? Though? Oh, because I think that it's it shifted my my mindset. My perspective has broadened, you know, and I think a certain level of self-awareness has come from what I've been doing over the past month and that allows me to be able to realise that I'm thinking from my own perspective and recognise that and think, okay, what would it be like to walk around in their shoes? What would it be like to so see things like from... empathising. Yeah, but to I a massive le- degree. Yes, but I think that creativity has helped to open that up and make me more aware of it. I've always been like an empathetic person, but this has just brought another level of awareness to it. Are I think. you thinking more like a kid? Do you think? In some instances, yes, mm. and that's that play. Is that because the characters you're writing for at mm. the moment are kids, Maybe. and then you're sort of are you writing? characters in your book after particular people? Yeah, I think that the best of the characters that I've been playing with come from people I know. And I think that that's most most writers would do that. I don't know. I agree. The the empathy that you've had mm. and yeah, you're trying to understand more and being more I like you're just trying to tap into the kids' emotions, which yeah. is quite interesting to see. I also find uh, that my spontaneity has upped a notch. Would you agree with that? You've always been pretty spontaneous. Have I? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Compared to me. See, I would say the opposite. Okay. Well, that's interesting. But also I think, because as I mentioned again last week, I'm listening to Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic, where she talks a lot about the courage to be creative. And I think that that's something that I've become aware of too. In my instance, to write the truth is scary. Yeah. To, and I'm not talking about even my personal soul-bearing truth, just to write what you see truthfully or to write what you feel truthfully is really scary because there's constant fear of judgment or error or whatever. And I think that there's been, I'm at a really interesting point in life at the moment because we've got this big book tour coming up and I'm terrified of it, I'm not going to lie. So there's a lot of fear there but I've also decided that I'm going to work through that fear and not let it stop me from doing things and say th- saying things and standing up for things whereas previously I might have. Mm. And I feel like this creativity experiment plus the work that I've been doing to get ready for the book tour and to get my head and my heart ready for the book tour have come at a really 
opportune time because they're both based in courage and also to a certain degree in letting go of what other people think of you. And that's been really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, every day I feel like I'm just chipping away at that bit by bit. And there's a certain strength of conviction that comes from it, which I don't think I would have reached necessarily had I not been going through both of these things. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. It it is. That's really big. How do you think the the experiments that we've done so far this year have been creativity? Yes. Great outdoors. Yep. Like massive. Huge. Huge. These, like like I, I I will look back on these experiments as life changing. Hmm. Truly. Yeah. And I know we did we had a lot of research about the great outdoors and the benefits. Yeah. And we spoke about it at the top, top of the show how there's not as much in the creativity space or it's not proven. Yeah, I mean, there is some, which we'll get into. Uh, But before we do, there were a couple of other benefits that surprised me more, I think. The first one being a heightened sense of contentment or fulfilment from doing this. It's such an overused cliche, but being creative intentionally every day fills my cup more than other, quote, self-care things have done previously, uh, which surprised me. Yeah. I mean, I see, for me, it's all kind of part of the same morning ritual. I get up, I do yoga, I meditate, I journal write, and then I do some creative writing. So that's all kind of melded in to the one chunk of time. Mm-hmm. I have to get up really early to do that, Yeah, uh, to have that time. But the adding that creativity piece to it has made such a huge, it feels like it was the missing link Mm -hmm. for me because I think getting back to the first week, I knew I was a creative person because I do creative work, but it was always work. I'd forgotten about creative play. And it was when we were in on that, um, that hike and I made the little fairy house out of Mm. like, this can just be fun for no reason. It can just be play. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Skimming rocks across the river. You know, we've been doing that a lot together, the four of us. It just can be play. Yeah. Getting barefoot and walking through the mud and squelching it in your toes and playing with, like, the silty feel of, of the mud, like that that can be creative play. Yeah. And it's just been really nice, I think, to add that creative playfulness back into, into things. So someone asked me after the first episode of the experiment, isn't what you're doing really just about encouraging playfulness? And at first I'm like, no, it's a different thing. You know, it's creating, it's making, it's doing something with purpose. But I actually agree completely with her. It is. It's simply encouraging people to play. And I think that's a really wonderful thing to have arrived at unexpectedly. So you've done some research as well on on creativity. Do you want to share just some of the insights and see if we can relate to them? Yes. So much like the nature experiment, creativity has been proven to have an impact on both our physical well-being in very surprising ways for me. Physical? Yes. That's really hard to believe. That's fine. You don't have to believe me. Believe the science. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) And also our emotional and mental well-being. And I think that that's more what I expected. Yes, So, of course, for me, things like writing like a brain dump, you know, or journaling or just creative doodling 
is a stress release. Mm. And that has physical benefits, like relieving stress has physical benefits to blood pressure, to, uh, you know, stress can lead to weight gain. Mm. It can lead to anxiety, all of those things. So doing something to alleviate that stress, even for 10 minutes a day, can have a physical yep. flow on effect. Definitely. But for people, for example, who have suffered trauma, emotional trauma, expressive writing, uh, sculpting, painting, yep. drawing have mm. all been proven scientifically to help people process that trauma in a really healthy way. And people's cognitive uh, performance is much improved for many weeks after, as is their their mental health and, as a result, their physical health. Yeah. Similarly, like play acting or dancing has cognitive benefits for uh, that last for up to four weeks. So if someone does a theatre sports class, mm. the cognitive benefits of that can be felt for up to four weeks. So that's like word recall. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So that's kind of the way that it can impact you. On, and I'm going to link to various studies. It's like this higher cognitive processing. Yes. And it's exactly. It's processing. It's yeah. problem solving. Yeah. It does something to our brains that allow us to think in, in different ways or in, in more creative ways, you know. Similarly, uh, learning or playing a musical instrument has been proven to help people link the two hemispheres of their brain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that cross-hemisphere kind of piece that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, playing a musical instrument can help you mm. in becoming more, ba- I think balanced is not the right word, but more adept at using both sides of the brain. And it's not just, uh, you know, helping people deal with negative emotions either. Expressive writing has also been proven, if you're writing about positive, you know, being my best self kind of stuff, yeah. that also has psychological psychological mm. benefits to people as well uh, in that their well-being is improved, their self-esteem improves simply from writing about the better parts of themselves or the way they're going to improve them or work on them. So all of these are really your traditional creativity practices. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I didn't necessarily find a lot of research on, which was non-traditional, like non-arts rather creative pursuits and the impact that that has. I do have a list of ways that, quote, non-creative people can be creative in their day-to-day and the impact of that is apparently, you know, on a par with more artistic practices. Um, Things like taking a new route to work, thinking about your relationships, for example, and if in your partnership you and your partner are having an argument, think about the way you would normally respond and respond in the exact opposite way or the opposite way that they are expecting you to respond and see. Your eye contact during delivering this is insane. (laughs) I'm speaking directly to you. (laughs) Daydreaming is a really beautiful way to practice creativity, but if you want to ramp up your ability to think uh, think creatively in a big sense. Maybe you're looking for inspiration for your work. They suggest to daydream in the long term. Mm. So have a daydream about something that's going to happen either in the dis- like physical distance. And the example that they recommend here is design a new product in Bali. What? Yeah. So like think, remove yourself physically in your daydream 
and then think about all these incredible solutions to this problem that isn't yours and this thing that you are solving that you don't need to solve and then come back to your problems and your oh, entire wow. perspective has shifted. Oh, I'm going to use that. Yeah, I really like that idea. So daydream in the long distance or in the long term. Even just doing things like going to a museum or watching a play, finding inspiration in other people's creative outlets is wonderful. I mean, when I was in New York recently, I went to the Whitney and had went to two ex, two exhibitions and they had such a phenomenal impact on me in the way that I was viewing the world mm. as a result. Mm. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I just, no, stood you just stood there. Yeah. You take it in. Yeah. You let it affect you the way it affects you. Inspiration. Yeah. So you know search for would, inspiration. You know what would be a good experiment? Sorry to cut you off here. An experiment on, on inspiration. Okay. Where you get your inspirations from? Hmm. Professionally or just personally or, yeah, and align it to your purpose and your moral. Like I just think that would be very interesting. It would be interesting. People, what, are the, what is the inspiration that people get from the world and the different types of inspiration? I'm so sorry to interrupt you. It's quite all right. You're on a, you're on a roll. You yeah. were thinking creatively. Yeah. Uh, and the last one that I think is really helpful for people who are again, not creative, think about an, an issue, a thorny problem that you're having before you go to bed. And oh, this one, I've heard this one. Yeah. And it, when you're asleep, your REM sleep cycle apparently allows you to access different parts of the brain so that when you wake up, you may have a solution or you may have a different perspective or you may have thought your way around it. And I think that there... Have you, have you experienced that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I oh, have too. When, so when I was writing slow, mm. I would obviously obsess about the book all day mm. and then I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning with the sentence that was missing or the link that I needed. To the next set, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you saw me. Sometimes yeah. I would get up and I'd race out and I'd write it down or other times we would be doing something completely unrelated and the idea would come to me. But the sleep... Exercise might be handy for people. The healing of the healing power of sleep. Well, yeah. Which brings me to my absolute favorite piece of research that I uncovered this month that speaks specifically to the physical benefits of creativity. There's a study that I will link to in the show notes where people who were being treated for HIV, and there was a, obviously a group of these people, were instructed to write expressively every day. And essentially what they discovered was that there was improvements in this thing called a CD4 plus lymphocyte count. Mm -hmm. And that really is just a fancy way of saying that the act of writing impacted their cells inside the patient's body and improved their immune system. What? Simply by, by writing. They don't, I, I don't know why and I don't understand the science behind the why, but that was the result, that there are physical cellular changes to people that impact and benefit their immune system simply from being creative. I think that is phenomenal. Yeah, it's like that blows my mind. That is, that's on the same level as the research that we spoke about in the nature experiment where being amongst particular trees improves your immune system yeah. and can help fight tumours and things like that. Yeah. It's just that's phenomenal. That yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that should guide us in our efforts to be creative because I think that there's the benefits don't have to be scientifically proven. No, they don't have to be like that. As we've just proven over the last yeah. half hour. But the, I guess the, what that underlines and highlights is the power of creativity. Creativity is scientifically proven to be good for you. Yeah, and it's just, 
it's tip of the iceberg stuff because I think there would be so much more. I agree, and I'll, I'll be really interested actually to see what else comes of it. Uh, I know that there's quite a few really wonderful books on this exact topic, and I'd be really interested interested to read them because I think there is a wealth of like knowledge and and wisdom and change, personal and societal change that can happen just from engaging with creativity more, mm. which I guess is a nice way to wrap up because really my overwhelming point from this entire month's exercise is to consume less and create more. And at the beginning of the month when we were kind of trying to head people off who were like, well, I don't have time to be creative, sorry, and we suggested look at your inputs Look at the things that you consume every day. Look at the times that you spend on social media. Look at the TV you watch. Look at when you're sitting on the bus reading the newspaper, even reading a book or listening to a podcast and choose to swap one of those inputs and make time for an output, make time for a creative exercise. And that can just be the norm from here on out. Mm. It can change your life. Genuinely. Mm. Really can because, I mean, my, like my example or your example, it's it's helping us connect with people in a different way. It's helping us see things from a dis- different perspective. And that genuinely is where change happens. Once you start broadening the way you view the world, I mean, everything shifts. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I really do encourage you to keep up with the creativity. I know some people have really enjoyed it and, uh, you know, keep sharing your experiment posts on Instagram. And thanks for being part of this month's experiment. It's been fantastic. Yeah. For all the show notes to this episode, and I know that you've, you're going to include a bit of the, that research that you spoke about. Oh, indeed. And also Stephen King's on writing. Mm-hmm. Read it if you haven't. If you want some creative inspiration, that's a pretty good one. Go to slowyourhome.com episode slash 240. That's where it'll all be. That's where it'll be. Next week we are back with some wonderful interviews for the month of June. And we're heading off on a road trip, aren't we? We are. Heading off to the Yukon for a couple of weeks of not being online. Yeah, which is going to add, which is going to be troubling. Troubling. Troublesome. When you work. Online. Online. Anyway. We'll think creatively. We'll solve it. Exactly. But next week's episode is a cracker. We get back to our uh, world-changing roots with another really interesting guest and I hope to see you there I hope that you hear me there (laughs) have a good week bye who is that? hi podcast And what they, the scientists discovered was that there was improvements of this thing called the CD4 plus lymphocyte count. Oh, that's insane. That's the tattoo that I'm getting today. Oh, you're a funny man, McCallery. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Okay. Can I do that again? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Should have been a stand-up. <laughs>